Welcome back to Knowledge Drop. My name's Derek. My name's Hayden. Hey guys. Hayden, it's been a while. Yeah, How's man. it going, man? It's going good. We're finishing. Finally, the long haul is ending. <laughs> Last class uh, to graduate as a mechanical engineer. Ugh, it, it's such a... The misery is almost Yeah, it's over. such a game changer. Uh, this last couple of months has been fantastic. What are you supposed to do if you're not doing homework? Well, hopefully after to, like, today, you'll have an idea. Spend time with my kids? Is that like... <laughs> Sleep, I guess? I don't, really I don't know. S- yeah. Um, no, that's exciting. I'm I'm excited that uh, you'll you'll join us in the, uh, the real world. I'll become an adult. <laughs> I feel so weird because I work, you know, with... I guess I'm one of the younger people at my job, but it's like, yeah, these people are like real adults and I'm still in college and it feels kind of <laughs> like I'm a little child by yeah. them, but, uh, we'll get there. You know, I want to oh, yeah. just graduate and then never talk about it again. Just be like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, they, yeah. they asked us at Northrop cause they, they sponsor capstone projects and they're like, Derek, do you want to help capstone students with their capstone project? And I was like, Ooh. absolutely not. Disgusting. Absolutely not. It's it's too close to my own capstone. <laughs> yeah. So it's too soon, man. Yeah. Too soon. Still, yeah. We're still healing. Yes, that's exactly it. Maybe in a maybe in a year or two. Um, but that's exciting. Um, why don't we uh, jump into your fun fact? All right, man. Um, yeah, it's just a quick one, but. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Beetlejuice. It I have, unfortunately. Star. Oh, you're talking about the mo- the star, not the movie. Okay. You don't like Beetlejuice the movie? Dude, it is creepy. Oh, that's a good one. That's a classic. It's like... I mean, I know it's classic. Weird but and old. Yeah. Anyway. And Alec Baldwin looks like a different human being. <laughs> yeah. No, this is Beetlejuice the star. Okay. All right? And it's an old star. Mm-hmm. Um... It's only 430 light years away. So it's just like right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the brightest stars that we can see in Earth, Earth sky. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cool one because scientists are kind of like, it could blow up whenever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this, this puppy is, uh, she's due. Yeah. Like, so it, it, I thought just thought it was cool because, um, it has a luminosity of 10,000 times greater than our sun. Mm-hmm. And it's about 370 times bigger than our sun. And oh, so wow. if this thing did explode and we were able to see it, that explosion, that supernova, it would um, it would light up our sky. Like it would be like daytime mm-hmm. for two months. From the light that this thing would emit. That's wild. So it would be so much light, so at, at, all at once. It would be two months of the entire Earth is just daytime. Yeah, people would get a get a feeling for what it's like to live in Alaska every summer. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it probably brighter freaky. than the brighter than the nights in the summer in Alaska, though. But yeah, it does. It wouldn't get like dusky. Yeah, you know, it would be like, huh. It's it's still daytime, but there's no sun. <laughs> that would I, that would be the most wild thing ever for to like be to imagine? experience. That would like mark a change in humanity. I yeah. feel like like we would all talk about 
things like oh yeah ever since beetlejuice well, yeah be, since beetlejuice or whatever it's like where were you when beetlejuice yeah it's kind of happened? like what we do now with covid is like oh since before yeah. covid or whatever, exactly. whatever it would be like like businesses would change like lifestyles would change yeah uh yep. how would animals be affected like nocturnal animals you know Ooh. what would happen there i don't know that would be an interesting one but yeah she's ready to pop any day and it's just well, kind of potentially like, it's already happened and it's just on its way to us right that's also true yeah if it happened you know 430 years ago then it's on its way you know it could be any second now yeah which is weird to think about but no that is that is kind of fun to think about good fun fact yeah good fun fact I hope you had fun <laughs> thank you for riding the fun fact train <laughs> yeah well, hey, now we've got a fun fact train in the Tangent Town. Oh. <laughs> Maybe the fun fact train can take us to Tangent Town. Easily. It's all loose. Easily. Um, <clears throat> so I uh, have happened upon an interesting uh, subject, and I've known about it for a couple of years, but it wasn't I, – I, I saw this book, and I'm not going to talk about the book until later, but – I found this book a couple years ago, and I put off reading it till after school. Mm-hmm. And now that I've read it, I'm like, crap, I should have read that before school. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're going. Um, but I want to start off with, like, what what's kind of been your relationship with school and learning and, mm. like, that kind of stuff? And, like, if you want me to go first, I can tell you about mine, and you can kind of think on yours as I'm talking. But yeah. Well, I'd say 100% transparency. My relationship with school has been do enough to get by. Mm -hmm. Like do enough. So school becomes like a game and you learn how to like play the game. Yeah. And you learn how to like you learn how to do. The jump through the hoops. Yeah. You're jumping through hoops and and basically (laughs) – Like, I can look at a syllabus and look at what the grade weights are Mm -hmm. for different assignments, and I can form, like, an idea of, like, all right, so for this class, homework is going to be really important. Yeah. But for this other class, homework's not really that important. And so you're starting to game the system, and even on tests. Yep. So you're just doing what you can do to, like, not mentally die, and, (laughs) like, it's like a mental self-preservation instinct. I yep. feel like that I'm going off of like I, I I have to save some energy for my family, for work, yeah, uh, for for other things. So it's like I don't I'm not going to spend three hours doing one homework assignment. Like I'm going to figure out the quickest way to get some points on there mm-hmm. uh, and just like get by. So that's been uh, my attitude. Have you always been that way, though? Um, I don't know. When I was single and like just going through community college, I feel like maybe I took some more time. Um, and maybe looking back, I feel like, oh, maybe that was a waste of time because there are some assignments that are like, this assignment doesn't mean anything for me, for my life, for like my future learning. And so it's like, I feel like I spent too much time on there, but maybe there's a flip side too, where it's like, maybe I was more engaged, um, or I cared a little bit more Mm -hmm. in, I feel like elementary school, it was so easy to excel as long as you just like showed up every day and paid attention and like did your work. Yeah. And then progressively as you go through higher education, um, it becomes more 
like the top one percent becomes more elite and then you fall somewhere in like the i was always like the b range like occasional a's mostly b's yeah but again you start to just become more like let's just do what we need to do Mm -hmm. you know to keep mom and dad off us and yep and, and like uh still learning but just kind of like yeah you know we're here and there's other things you care about more right so mm-hmm. you put more time into like yeah i like sports more i like hanging out with my friends or whatever but uh yeah i feel like school could do so much better of a job at like finding what people are passionate about and like mm-hmm. really emphasizing on that taking advantage of it because then people would want to do their work yeah so you've talked about school. How do you feel about like just learning, like the concept of learning? Is it something See, like you actively seek out or is it something that is just kind of I'll do <laughs> while it's convenient or? Well, that's the thing is like, so I have a long list of things that I want to learn and all of those things are on hold until I finish school. That's what I did. <laughs> that's exactly so, what I did. <laughs> it's like I have all this like built up like desire to learn. Yeah. And actually school is like, Let's yeah. say you wanted, like, let's say you you had to be in college for your whole life. Like, I would never get to there. I yeah. would never actually take time to learn those things mm-hmm. because, like, going back to it, it's just, like, time is a resource and yeah. mental energy is a resource. And, like, I don't have enough of that to, like, I really want to do this thing, but I just don't have the time. So, like, yeah. learning, yeah, I want to learn, actually, and and I love to learn um but it's like you know it's all about managing and it, and this is another level of your learning uh of this learning concept is it like these things on your list are they like you want to learn just for the sake of learning it or is it like there's utility in it always some of them i'm motivated by like i'm definitely highly motivated by like an entrepreneurial yes. um sort of mindset yeah um so most, I would say most of the things I want to learn are things that I can turn into some sort of side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also like are genuinely attractive to me just as yeah. like to spend my time doing that. Yeah. Like it, it, um, you're genuinely like it's an appealing pursuit or a, a skill or, or what, what happens. Yeah. If you're going to do something as a side hustle, it's like. Yeah, usually those things don't even make money for like a few years. It's like yeah. if you don't like it, mm-hmm. then you're never going to even get to the phase where you're exactly. making money. So, yeah, that's that's what it's about for me. It's just like it's entrepreneurial mm-hmm. motivated, but it has to be a genuine interest too. Yeah, I think and shocker, we're alike in that way because, um, you know, we get along pretty well and – I, for me, it's all I've always liked learning, but school, I've always had an issue with school. Mm-hmm. I remember very vividly my fifth grade teacher, he was a yeller. And it, I, I was a really yeah. big reader. Mm-hmm. And I remember fifth grade, and my mom even can tell you this that that year, I didn't read or do anything outside of what I absolutely had to because it was yeah. just, it was so just not fun anymore. <laughs> I, I did get back into it, but it just, like, that whole year is just, it was hard. Um, and it's weird how, like, a bad experience, a bad year like that can mm-hmm. really alter, like, your course and how yeah. you see things. And yeah. It's like, how do people like that keep, how does that not, 
get oh, out or no it it totally it's it's something i'll talk about more but that is an actual thing that is a problem with education systems here in america it's really I, hard I'm, to get rid of teachers that are it's bad, it's hard to teachers. it's hard to create a system that keeps teachers accountable without yeah. making it so stringent that no one wants to be a teacher because no one wants there's not a whole slew of people <laughs> that want to be a teacher to begin with true um, and that we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, but there were some other teachers I had that um, in high school, middle school is just a black hole. Miss um, <laughs> Carnes, I'll even name her. Miss Carnes, she like she did not do the conventional teaching thing, mm-hmm. and she she knew all of her students. And it was kind of a weird weird school year because the school I was at they had such a huge influx of military families oh. that they ran out of teachers. And they had to hire her out of retirement to teach social studies and English. Wow. So I had her for like two hours, two uh, two periods a day. Mm-hmm. And um, she like knew all of us in the class individually. And she knew that I had more to give academically. And she would like, I don't want to say pick on me, but she would kind of pick on me. And like, I know you can do better than this. Yeah, I know that that's, that's not your real thought here. I know you're just trying to check the box. Yep. Um, called me out and it, I can, I have my essays and I have her letter of recommendation, like all that stuff from that time. And so it's like, that really changed my trajectory for learning and growing. Cause I was like, she made me do all this research on windmills and power generation and hmm. home efficiency, like all these different things. But wow. That was what grade? That was my sophomore year of high school. See, and she was motivated. She didn't need to be there. Yeah. Like she was yeah. genuinely there for the joy we... of, of teaching or, yeah. or whatever it was. Interesting. Um, I had another teacher and I'm, I'm interested to see if you've ever heard of this. Have you ever heard of ethnocentrism? Uh, yes. It's, I'm not sure it's like, it, like if you were to take the standards that we live by as Americans and were to judge the people of Brazil mm-hmm. for how okay. they live. Yeah. 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 Um, so this, this is like a very, also a very vivid lesson that was taught to me in my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher of the social studies class, he taught us about the Nicerima tribe. Okay. Have you ever heard of them? Nope. Um, and I'm just going to read a blurb from the anthropologist. Yep. Anthropologist who studied this tribe. Said the daily body ritual performed by everyone includes a mouth rite, despite the fact that these people are so... Puncticulous about the care of the mouth, this rite involves a practice which strikes the uninitiated stranger as revolting. It was reported to me that the ritual consists of inserting a small bundle of hog hair into the mouth along with certain magical powders, and then moving the the bundle in a highly formalized series of gestures. Within your mouth? Yeah. Like, hmm. Okay. So we hear that and we're like, uh sounds nasty. weird the whole point of the assignment was they're telling you about this nasirima tribe mm-hmm. but na- the nasirima is american spelled backwards and what i just described to you is brushing your teeth oh so you so <laughs> do you see like how as a freshman in high school that could like completely flip a, a light switch like for how you're you're observing other people's behavior through your own lens and your own experiences and 
making judgments on that? Well, it's true too because if an alien came down a UFO and watched us brushing our teeth, yeah. they'd be like without any context. What? Yeah. So is isn't that like you should definitely go read the whole essay because it's like um, they explain that like they go to this hospital. They don't call it hospital. It's also hospital backwards. It's like laptop, yeah. whatever. It's a very cool essay that um, Horace Miller or Horace. Uh, I'll give you the details later, but yeah, it was it was interesting. I thought, and that has always stuck with me the entire essay. Like we had to study it and read it and give like a presentation on like what our thoughts were and. So, what you're saying, I don't know if this, because like you're talking more like ethno, but I'm thinking more like history wise mm-hmm. like we apply 2023 values to everyone who's ever oh, lived no i think the, that's the same through the, ages. the same thing and you're you're applying your lens of your experiences onto another people or another group that yeah. you don't have total context for and you condemn it and you call it evil and it's like mm-hmm. yeah if you were born in that time you would have 100 percent totally gone along yeah gone along <laughs> with it that's how it was done not that yeah. it was right yeah um, but it's hard, it's hard to be a agent of change when you're the only one that knows that that's wrong or, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think it's like, uh, we want to see our, see ourselves as superior mm-hmm. or see ourselves as morally, je- morally or, good. Yeah. Our, what we're doing right now, we think is normal. Exactly. So like, you know, 200 years from now, the way that we handle politics, they could be like, what, how did they get anything done? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that teacher specifically, like we spent two or three weeks on that. And some of the kids had older siblings who just kind of popped the bubble for them like day one, which was unfortunate. Mm. But for me, it was like a good two weeks of like, man, these guys are barbarians. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so it went on like, yeah, yeah. Cause there, there were class discussions and it like, it was, it was interesting um maybe it was only two weeks probably only two weeks but now coming back into that experience for me is like he didn't just give you the essay and tell you to read it or he didn't just give you the context of you know this is there's a tribe here and they live this way it's different because that's how they perceive reality not how we perceive it Mm -hmm. or not reality but i mean that's how they live their lives and they like it yeah and it's different from us but that's okay um so that I, it was just very different from anything I'd ever been taught before, because it was like I was duped. Like <laughs> I've been duped into learning. Yeah, <laughs> and, I've learned, um, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of switching gears, I uh, I think it's interesting that when you start to look at so looking out into the world, there are a few countries that are famous for their education systems and. I kind of dove mm-hmm. into why America versus uh, Finland and Sweden are who I kind of focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that I kind of saw in America versus these other places was America wants metrics for everything. Like standardized yeah. testing, standardized testing is just, it's so like testing in general is such a, it's so hammered into us that mm-hmm. if you can't be a good test taker, which I am not, um, and not that I couldn't be one day, it's just the way that I've yeah. always been experiencing testing. So, sorry, up until Calc 1, I was totally fine with taking tests. 
after yeah. calc one I, it destroyed me i i have like crazy test anxiety and <laughs> and dynamics dynamics also just destroyed me um like imagine walking into your final and not like i'm so nervous that i don't know how to do anything i absolutely <laughs> did not know how to do anything yeah so you have this experience where you get the test and they're like okay you may begin and so you start you look at the first question you're like I'll come All right, back I don't that. really get this one. <laughs> I don't really get this one. Let's look at another one, yes. and we'll we'll come back to that one. You look at the second, mm-hmm. the third, the fourth question. You're like, "Ooh, I don't know how to do yeah. any of these." And then the last question, you're like, you just start to cry, and then you go back to the first question, hoping that your memory's been jogged. Yeah, you go back to that first question. You're like, "Wow, this one looks easy." Compared- <laughs> like yeah. I thought this one was hard. Yeah. This is probably the easiest one out of the four yes. or five, you know. And- so yeah. that's one thing I saw is the we just want to test out the wazoo because that's how we we think we can see progress. But it's not it's so because if you could teach like if I sat you down for 8 hours and was like taught you how to be an amazing test taker and like um an amazing note taker then I could automatically improve your scores. Oh yeah. Like by letter grades Mm -hmm. but like you're learning the same thing that the other kid is learning but the other kid is failing but it's like note taking and uh test taking it's like if you were really good at those it looks metrically metric wise like you're an amazing like you're so smart but you're like only a five ten percent difference from the kid next to you that's failing you're just really good at test taking and note taking. You I, know what I mean? Like I understand what you're saying. I like I test taking is so important that it's like to a detriment for these kids that don't. Yes. I also think that a lot of people who are good at test taking, they only absorb as much or the specific knowledge that they understand is going to be on the test. Exactly. And it's regurgitated and then it's forgotten. Exactly. Almost that, completely. That is a huge difference from what's happening overseas versus here. Is like uh, I've got friends in college, like they they destroy tests, like mm-hmm. A A students, but it's only because they know exactly how to prepare and what to study yeah. so that they can take the test just regurgitate like you said and then they forget yeah um there's also the teaching methods in america have not changed for decades no and so that is like it's really holding us back we still take a summer break like there's some harvest (laughs) that we need to get to yeah like what are we doing yeah it's like well and there's not enough kids who are doing year-round school to uh, to have a statistical like proven certainty that the year round versus the seasonal school is effective i did find that because i i was interested i i like the idea of year-round school Um, i do too because look because when you do the year-round thing you get more like two week breaks at a time right yeah but um yeah when you take two what is it? Two, two and a half months. Yeah, right? give or take. That are just gone. It's like you get that brain drain. That's fun, but yeah, I always came back and it was like, ooh, it was an adjustment. You know? Well, and a lot of my my friends who both their parents worked, like that was a huge. Um, not that both parents should work. That's a whole nother conversation. But mm-hmm. it was it was a huge um, uh, difficulty 
because now you've got kids at home yeah. that don't have childcare. Yeah. And that, that leads me to my next problem is a lot of the time school is daycare for parents. Oh, absolutely. They've, they've kind yeah. of shifted that responsibility to teachers to, I don't want to say raise, but a lot of, and if, if this is how it has to be, like, that's totally fine. I think that I just feel like as a very inexperienced parent, I could be wrong. I just, I want to take more responsibility in the teaching of my child. I don't want absolutely. it to just be on them. Not because there's, there's moral things that I want to teach, but I, I love learning. I love teaching, like talking to people about stuff I'm learning. Yeah. And so I want to be a part of that for my child. Plus you only have kind of like a vague idea of what kids are learning at school. Mm -hmm. Like you can see their homework and you can see their grades, but it's kind of like, that's seven hours of stuff going on that you have no idea about. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to that. Definitely. So now that's kind of what's hanging us up in America. Um, at least my opinion and a few other people that I found online. Um, and we can, we can talk more about that, but jumping into like this Finland, Sweden thing, um, Finland, they don't have any standardized testing. Hmm. So they don't fall into that trap of learning just to test. There there is, there is an optional test at the end of your, (laughs) of like the education, like, so they stop at uh, 16 after 16 education's optional. Okay. But at 16, there's like a, we'll just say, we'll just call it like a GED test. Yeah. It's not yeah. that, but um, it's kind of like a high school equivalent, high of. school equivalent kind of thing. Um, They also start school at seven years old. When do we start? <laughs> uh, we usually start at like four or five. Four or five, yeah. right? Seven. Yeah. Huh. So I wonder if they have more. I wonder if there is some like at home learning emphasis or if it's just kind of like uh mixed. Are you mixed. saying that this system is ultimately better or worse uh, in your opinion? Like is my it... my personal opinion is I like what I hear when I when I am reading into this. So we put James into Montessori school or not sure what that is. Montessori is like a type of learning where it's like much more focused on um, like emotional intelligence and like hands-on yep. work and um, they do chores like he knows how to clean windows and oh, uh, wow. how to clean dishes and stuff like that so it, it's it, it's teaching kids like hands-on very like it's not like everyone sits in their desk and lecture yeah, yeah. they're lectured at you're learning um, actual skills and it yeah like they still learn math and you know english and spanish and all Mm -hmm. these and these things it's just it's not let's sit at desks for seven hours um well plus there's probably a lot more social interaction there yeah going on which is at that age is among the most important things Mm -hmm. out of everything is like yeah yeah, maybe he can't count to 10 yet but if he can learn how to make friends and like get along with people yeah that's like a lifelong yeah you know skill that you'll need for forever exactly The uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting was they prioritize cooperation over competition. Hmm. So in school, you you want to be the best. Oh yeah. They tell you you got to be a plus student, and it's a comp- It pits you against your peers. 
Yeah. There's like an there's like an entire ranking system for like yeah. high school. Yep. Being the valedictorian. Yeah, huge honor. And even in elementary um, school, I remember it was always like we would take these timed math tests. Oh my gosh. Where you had Those to solve worst. math problems like your uh, multiplication tables. Yeah, and it, it was like front and back. And so the 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 teacher would say go and you you're writing que- uh, answers as fast as you possibly can. I mean, I would like to see some of mine because I'm sure the hand, the handwriting was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, how can this a human wrote this? I don't yeah. see how that's yeah, possible. Yeah. But I would always finish like it was like a thing where it was like I had to finish, mm-hmm. you know, like first or second. And you would hear the kids like flipping the page over when they got to the, the backside already. You're you're anxiety. triggering me pretty bad right now. Yeah. Those are those are very anxiety filled. You can like memories. feel yourself in that moment, yes. right? Because you're like you have this feeling of like it's almost like a literal feeling of like I'm falling behind. Yeah. And if I don't keep up, then like I don't know, I'm doomed. Yeah. Um. So just to be clear, competition is not bad. It's just at such a young age. And mm-hmm. you you and I kind of saw this in college when I started going to ASU. I started gathering up all these people that wanted to work together, right. and we worked together. Oh, I've yeah. never been happier in school than at that time when I was able to like have this kind of peer mentoring mm-hmm. group where we could help each other and have different skills. And, and you were the first – person you and a couple other guys when we were in chemistry mm-hmm. in our first years like that group that we formed was like my first experience with that with like, a group? like yeah we would set a time and we would meet up and we would talk about chemistry but it was like fun yeah because we were like yep. drawing stuff on the board and we're we'd like joke around and we'd get be food. like this is ridiculous we could all talk about how like this is ridiculous yeah. i didn't even get this and yep and we would make fun of it together but also figure it out Mm -hmm. and it made it bearable because it was like you're not alone just sitting at a at a desk like it late at night and just feeling like horrible because you're like i have to get this done but i don't even understand it well and the other thing is you feel so alone because you're not the only one that's struggling oh yeah like it's everyone yeah you realize that like oh you don't even get this at all either? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> so so then... that, that's why that appeals to me so much is mm-hmm. like, yes, there is a place for competition. Sports is an excellent example for where it combines cooperation and competition where like we can, we cooperate as a team, but we compete against another team to be the best. I, I want that really, really desperately to be a part of my children's, you know, mental attitude is, hey, let's, let's do this together. Like let's let's be the best that we can mm-hmm. be by helping each other and move us together as a as a group. Well, that's how real life engineering groups work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> even designing things or or in so many different aspects, it's like yeah, we it's all a team. Mm-hmm. Like that's and especially when you get into a corporation, like that's like the number one thing they preach is like. Like we're all in this together as a team effort. Whether that's true or not. (laughs) Whether it's true or not, but no, I've seen it in action. Like, you know. Yeah, I I just have a little cynicism towards corporations, but oh no, there's there's definitely a a dark side. But it's it's like yeah, at least when so and so can't get it, you know, the other person will step in, and when the other person can't get it, the other person will step in. So that's kind of how it works. 
um, they so Finland specifically also they take care of all of the life necessities like the things that are foundational to a human experience they provide those for free the entire education system is free mm-hmm. uh, any meal that you eat at school is free um, if you break your arm like they'll treat you there hmm. um, wow. they do um, their like psychological counseling like therapy mm-hmm um, individual guidance counselors, like actually give you good feedback about the future. Um, the whole assembly line of like, Hey, everything up to school in America is just building to college. They don't do that there for them. Education is like building you as an individual to be the best equipped you can to go out into the world, whether that is a trade school or just starting your own business, college, whatever. That's that's their priority. Well, I feel like that takes a lot of negative pressure off because mm-hmm. for us, it's like you're in high school and I didn't feel this way, but I think there are a lot of kids that feel like if I don't like if I don't pass this test, then I won't get a good grade. If I don't get a good grade, I won't get into a good school. If mm-hmm. I don't get into a good school, there's no like there's no future for me. Yeah. Like if I can't yep. if I can't get a high score on like the SAT, ACT. If I can't get into a good college, it's like my life's over. It's yeah, I'm done. Like yeah. I, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, so they they don't they don't focus too much on any of that. Um, and this is kind of interesting. So Finland and Sweden very high ranked in education, very close in proximity, but they have some differences between the systems. So they start school in at seven years old in Finland. They start nursery school at eighteen months in sweden whoa yeah they also don't do any grades until sixth grade oh okay so So it's all the the other really cool thing and this is kind of montessori related education is a game Hmm. so learning math science english all of that they they gamify it because what do kids want to do they want to play games yeah you have to make it something that they're gonna want to do and so I just I think that would be so cool is like hey I not that they have to be on at, on technology cuz there's pros and cons to that but I mean we can we're in the 21st century we can think of games that we can incorporate into learning like mm-hmm. it's 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 not like we're reinventing the wheel um so anyway yeah. I I I thought that was kind of interesting um those are education systems abroad versus America and um, there's a lot of other things that we could talk about there, but all of this discussion is kind of leading into that book that I mentioned. The book is called Ultra Learning mm-hmm. by Scott H. Young. And if you, which I think you are, are like me and you have that list of stuff you're waiting for at graduation, mm-hmm. when you graduate, get the audiobook, start listening to this book, because it's just insane how awesome it is. I wish I'd read it when I was in school, but basically it's a way, some context. Scott Young, so Scott, he got his uh, business degree. He thought a business degree would help him be an entrepreneur. That is not the case. <laughs> no. And so he was like... It's almost like they're opposites in a way. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't want to just be like this business guy. He wanted to build a company. He wanted to build products. But 
then he felt stuck because he just finished this degree, but he knew that the things that he wanted to develop were software related. So he was like, I could go back to school and get a software degree, but that mm-hmm. that's like another four years. Yeah. And so what he did was he did research on uh, software development classes. Mm-hmm. And have you heard of MIT courseware? Yeah. He found that when it was just barely a thing. This is this is probably like 10, 12 years ago. And he's not the only person that's done this ultra learning kind of thing. But he found out that just through research, all of MIT's, all their textbooks, all their everything, he found all those resources. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to do this on my own time. But I don't want it to take four years. So he was able to complete every class, every test, every homework assignment for an entire four-year software engineering degree in one year. Yeah. And he was he was busting out like eight hours a day, seven hours a day. And uh, to follow up this, because he was successful, he more or less passed all the tests. Yeah. Um, to kind of follow up on this project, this ultra-learning project, he um, and a friend did a year without English, and they traveled the world. Oh, wow. And so they went four places and they did not speak English when they got, when they landed, they did not speak English until they got home. And obviously there were a few little moments where they had to speak English for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. emergency, whatever. But, uh, he was able to learn Spanish, Portuguese, Chinese, and Korean. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Cause you've been abroad, you've learned a language. Do you think you would have been able to learn a language without being completely immersed in it? Because I... I mean, you can get to a point, but... It takes a long time. And the, your accent won't be right, and... Yeah, like exactly. It's, it's a whole... Well, how many people come out of high school, and they're like, I took four years of German, but they Whatever. can't have a conversation in German. No. Like, they can't go up, go to Germany, and have, like, a normal conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's very, very rare, I should say. Yeah, it's almost like you're learning about German. Yes. Yeah. And like you can learn you can know a lot of words. Mm-hmm. But the kids that are really successful, they study it on their own mm-hmm. outside of class and then they actually go to the country. Exactly. No matter what language it is, but um, yeah. So just this idea of ultra learning. He was able to learn four languages, a language every 3 months was what it was. That's yeah. incredible. And he's not the only person that's been able to do that. There's nothing special about Scott that's the cool thing is when you start learning about him, there's nothing inherently gifted to him that allowed him to do these kinds of things. And right. he, he lays out this process in the book, um, which it, again, you got that list. This is incredible. And I'm, I've already started one project for me. Cause I, I you start your project by doing like the rule of thumb that he gives you is, the complexity of the task. So if you want to, so for me, I'm learning Python in six months. Mm-hmm. 10% of that time should be spent uh, understanding how you learn, how you concentrate, how you remember what you forget and why, mm-hmm. um, what tests you like, what resources are available, what courses you can take, what textbooks you need, do all of that research. And then start your project. And 
like again there there's a bunch of different ways you can do this it doesn't have to be some crazy eight hour a day thing um yeah but because i think that's going to be the thing for most people including myself is like okay i want to be i want to do ultra learning but i have to make it work for me on my time yeah i've got a job i've got kids yada 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 so um in the book he kind of talks you talks about how you can get around those things and still accomplish your goals um because like like you i've got a list and right now the list that i want right now is python sign language russian oh nice um i want to do like a singing piano like a music based project where it's like singing and piano um so like those are all things on my (laughs) list video editing for you know when we get into videos Yep, that's on my list um but i i really really like this and I'm trying my hardest to build a blog of my journeys, my projects, mm. just to document it and like keep myself accountable and yeah. have a place that I can refer back to. Um, but it's really interesting. And I think that there's a lot that we can do for ourselves and just understand that like, hey, the way that we've been learning, at least for you and I, that we've been learning our whole lives probably isn't geared toward how we learn. Because, like, ultra-learning is very project-based. And just in, like, the week and a half, two weeks that I've actually started my project, just having a project-based learning schedule, it it's wild. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. so – there's so much more I get out of it than um, – But do you define in the beginning, like, you're talking about that, that 10% of kind of, like, time management or setting it up? Do you define like very specific goals you want to reach along the way? Um, a- I've I've never done super good with defining like defining very specific specific goals. I I have like a or hey like, I want well, I want to build. Months, I want to be here. Yes. Yeah, so the, like, there are certain projects that I have. They're like okay by six months I want to be able to code this. Mm-hmm. Uh, by three months I want to be able to code this. So that's that's kind of if that's the kind of specific goal you want to set that's fine. Yeah. Um, I also have a very wide ranging skill set. So you could do Python in a month mm-hmm. if you have a very specific niche that you want to study. Yeah. Um, but just understanding how you learn, why you learn, um, and like ChatGPT, super great resource. I think it's going to become, and this is the analogy I keep telling everyone Thor and like the hammer that he used. He didn't know how they made it or how it worked. It was just magic. Magic is right. just something that we... It's its science, technology that we don't understand. It's a quote from the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so I think that a lot of skills are going to become that way. They're going to be like the hammer. Like we can yeah. do stuff with the hammer, but we don't know how how to build yeah, like that Like driving thing. a car. Most people don't really get how it works. Yeah. But they and know, I press pedal, car go. <laughs> car go. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I'm trying to use ChatGPT as a resource inside of this project as a learning tool, not as a crutch. Um, we talked about that in our engineering classes where yeah, where this um, kid was like, look, you're having us write essays and it's honestly pretty pointless because like, I can have AI mm-hmm. write me an essay right now. Yeah. And so our professor was like, all Ooh. right, then do it. And he did. Like he wrote a 500-word essay yeah. instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And the professor's like, yeah, that's better than a lot of your writing. 
like a lot of the well, people but that, writing. that's an interesting point interesting point because <clears throat> writing for me i have always been weak at but writing this blog i'm getting feedback from actual writers like mm. my i have some right like actual literary degreed writers that they're giving me feedback because i want to be a better writer i want to write scripts i want to write better social media posts because i don't do a good job at that and stuff like that so <laughs> anyway um that's kind of just what i wanted to talk about i didn't want to dive too deep into it just to kind of let people do their own thing and yeah well yeah man it, i think that's passion driven right it's like if you put your yes the passion behind it then you will it won't feel like we think of learning and i honestly i have a almost like a bad connotation around learning the word learning because my mind instantaneously goes to the classroom yeah. and i'm like yep. no i don't like i don't want to do that yeah. but when you look at learning more like acquiring skills acquiring new abilities mm-hmm. like becoming a like you're growing as a person yeah. when you actually learn new things and so when like having a project in mind specifically i have to learn math and science to do some of those goals yeah and so like you you can check all the boxes you need to whoops you can check all those boxes that you need to but still be learning what you want so i don't think it's mutually exclusive that we can't check all the boxes that america wants us to check but then learn what we want yeah so anyway hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and uh yeah we'll catch you on the next one